Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning. We thank you, oh God, for your spirit. We thank you for uh, uplifting praise this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that we can take the shackles off our feet and dance and praise you, Lord God. Oh God, we thank you that we were born to praise you. We were made to worship. And we adore you this morning on this Pentecost Sunday, Lord God. So, Father, speak to us, God. Give us a word in season, Lord, that when we leave this place, we will be renewed and strengthened. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. Pentecost was not just something that happened in Acts chapter 2. Pentecost was a place or a feast that the Jewish people celebrated 50 days after the Passover. Now, we know when Jesus Christ died, he died on Passover. And it was quite special for the feeling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit to happen 50 days after the resurrection. It's so ironic when we hear about the Feast of Weeks, it concluded a cycle of time that started at Passover. It was called the beginning of the first fruits offering. It was called the Feast of Ingathering. It was called the Feast of Reaping or the Feast of Harvest. So it was awesome that we see in the book of Acts that it was a time of ingathering because as you read the story in Acts 2, God not only pulled together 120 people, at the end of, chap uh, at the end of chapter 2, the Bible says, and 3,000 were added that day. How many know a harvest was reaped? With souls coming to the kingdom of God, a harvest is reaped. So it was so ironic to see that on this day of Pentecost, this, this feast of ingathering, this feast of harvesting, this feast of reaping, that souls came into the kingdom of God as the power of the Holy Spirit was displayed to his people. It was the beginning of something new. As we read the scripture in Acts Chapter 1, verse 8, or well, let's go back to verse 4. It says, on one occasion while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. It was something unique because here he is, he, he is identifying the gift or the Holy Spirit as a gift. It's not just something you get. It is a precious gift like that of the gift of salvation. He said, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have to wait for God's move in our lives. God had positioned his disciples to be in a place of waiting for him. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you wanted God to do something, but he just said, wait. Sometimes we want quick, fast, and in a hurry, but God was saying, wait, wait, wait. And he told them to wait in Jerusalem. Wait for 
my answer. Wait for the gift that I have for you. Acts 1 chapter 8 says, but you will, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. He was saying that with the Holy Spirit, the gift that my father promised you, you will be empowered to do that which you normally could not do in your own natural strength. As you look at that word power, that word is the word dunamis. And that word dunamis means, we get the word, the English word dynamite from. And in and, 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 and the Greek, it stands for a force or miraculous power or the explosive power of God. Many years ago, Brother Willie's always testified. He said, God is about to explode. He's about to explode. And we used to laugh at him and say, what you mean God's about to explode? God's about to explode. And it's accurate. He was right on point. The explosive power of God. I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know everybody's experience is, is different. But I remember the day that I was baptized. It was June 10th. Right, Pastor Edgar? It was there. It was June 10th, 1993. Oh, my God, I'm getting old. <laughs> 1993. We were in our cafeteria in high school. I just had joined the Christian club. It was in the month of June. School was about to be over. And all throughout, my, I was in my freshman, finishing up my freshman year. And the, all throughout my freshman year, I was not walking with the Lord, and I grew up in the church. And... Um, I remember we had a gospel choir meeting, and I always wanted to sing in the choir. So I joined the choir. I all these people praying and speaking in tongues. I'm like, what in the world? I like to crack up laughing. I'm like, mama, mama, what's all that stuff? I don't know what you're talking about. And so I began to inquire about what is this baptism of the Holy Spirit? I say, well, if you are saved and you receive the Lord Jesus in your life, you can ask him to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And so I began to pray and ask God for the Holy Spirit. And I remember the day um, that I received the baptism. We were praying in the group, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not praising, not praying for myself. I was praying for somebody else. Our school custodian at the time, he was an older Spanish guy, he heard us praying. We're closing on a prayer from our Christian fellowship. And, you know, I was really seeking the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So everybody was praying. You know how to be in a prayer circle, and everybody, hallelujah. Yeah, they're praising you, stop feeling the glory, the anointing of God. Everybody's in tongues, and I'm still, hallelujah, hallelujah. I wish I had my prayer language, Lord. I wish I wish I could praise in tongues. They were, they were just ascending in the praise. I was just on earth, hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Everybody, rah, 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 rah. just going. I'm just, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I said, well, I guess it ain't going to happen today. It was the last day of the Christian club. So I said, I guess it's not going to happen. I guess I'm going to have to wait. And so, as we said, amen, here come the custodian coming in. He was sweeping, cleaning up the cafeteria. And he said, I heard you praying. And he just began to start weeping. He said, my wife is about to leave me. She's about to take my son away from me. Would you pray for my family? Remember that? He said, would you pray for my family? We said, sure. And so we just began to pray. We pulled him in a circle. We just began to pray for him. And I don't remember exactly how it happened. Oh, no, I just felt this burning in my belly. And the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I just, I just felt this burning. I know as I was praying for him, 
my tongue fucker was doing something different. Not that I was under the spirit. See, people think the Holy Spirit is going to possess you. No, 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 he's not going to possess you. You have to yield yourself to him. He is a gentleman. And so as I was praying for this, 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 this gentleman, my tongue felt funny, but also I felt like a burst of, like an explosion happened inside of me. And I'm like, okay. And also he said, amen. I'm like, amen. And the anchor pulls me aside. He said, Arthur. I said, what? He said, Arthur. I said, what? He said, you were speaking in tongues. I'm like, no, what? He said, no, 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 I heard you. You were speaking in tongues. <laughs> he got baptized the month before. So I'm just like, you know, your friend got baptized. He said, well, I want it too, Lord. You bless him and her and him. And I want, come on now. Come on, come on, don't act like that. You know your friends get blessed. You want your blessing too. Or your friends get married. You're like, Lord, okay. And he came out, Jesus, with my ring. You know? And so I was like, really? He said, yeah. And I said, I feel different. I don't understand what just happened. He's an author. You are praying in the spirit. And he said, I was. And from that day forward, God, from that day forward, actually the very next day, I was on a Thursday, I remember it was a Thursday. On a Friday, I went to Bethel. That's my second time going. When I went to Bethel, I said, this is my home church. I just had a knowing what God was saying. I didn't, I didn't even understand. I just knew Bethel was my home church. That very day, I joined the choir, the youth choir. And on that Sunday, I was singing with the youth choir. They don't even do that anymore. They give you a probation period now. I was singing that Sunday. I joined Urban Youth Alliance, was volunteering that Friday. God just set me up just that quick. Just that quick. Two weeks later, I was in a Bible study learning about spiritual warfare. And then that August, I went on my first missions trip where I was laying hands on folk and watching people pop out of wheelchair. See, that's how I came through. That's how I came into the kingdom. So when people talk about, well, I'm still struggling and I'm still doing this, doing that, I don't know about all that stuff. I had a dynamic encounter with the Holy Spirit. My family was not sad. I remember my mom, we laugh at this to this day. She said, like, you're just going through a phase. You just give it a, just give it a season. You know, not God stuck because no one was walking with the Lord. So she said, just give it a season. Now, nah, look, we laugh. at like, she walking with the Lord, on with the Lord, you know, and, we, and look at what God can do. He said, it will save you and your household. But I attribute that all to the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible said he would give you power explosive power to be his witness. So we think the Holy Spirit comes, some of us, we think the Holy Spirit comes to make us feel good. And we do feel good. This is a feel good church. It's a lot. We, I mean, why would you want to feel bad? I just feel good. Felt good. Well, felt good praising the Lord. Amen. And you should feel good praising the Lord. Amen. But the Bible says that he lifts the burdens. When you begin to praise him, he says, cast your burdens unto Jesus for he cares for you. But that's not the ultimate purpose why the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came as a substitute for Jesus. Jesus said, I was going, I'm going to the Father. But as I go to the Father, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you by, your, leave you by yourself. He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit that's going to help you. The way I walk with you, the way I taught you, the things that I, that I did with you, and the things that I showed you, he's going to come and take my place, and he's going to continue to lead you along the way. You're not going to see him the way you see me, but you will know that he is there. And the Holy Spirit is still here with us today. Jesus is not on the earth. Jesus is in heaven with the Heavenly Father. But he sent his Holy Spirit to empower us. There's a book that came out, and I'm going to put a couple books online. Um, 
today. You can check on the Facebook page. Because there's some great resources out there. There's a book called Forgotten God. And it's by Francis Chan. And basically, the, the subtitle of the book is Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. It is said the Holy Spirit is the most neglected person in the church. We know about God the Father. We always, Jesus, 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 thank you, Jesus. Everybody know about Jesus. Jesus saves. But we don't understand too much about the Holy Spirit. We don't understand too much about him. And in churches, we have blocked the Holy Spirit out. We, we, have, we have linked on our own intellect, our own talent, our own abilities, but we have denied the power thereof. We have denied the power of because we don't understand him. We don't understand how he moves, how he operates. There's another book called The Wild Goose Chase. And basically, the Celtic Christians had a name for the Holy Spirit. And they called the Holy Spirit, it says, and Giot Glass, which means a wild goose. Why did, they call, why did Celtic Christians call the Holy Spirit a wild goose? Were they trying to be sacrilegious? No. They gave the name, the Holy Spirit, the wild goose because it hints at mystery. The Holy Spirit is mysterious. He has a hint of mystery. He is like a wild goose. He cannot be tamed, and he cannot be traced. So when we think about the Holy Spirit, many times he's misunderstood because we can't put our hands around him. He's invisible. We cannot see him, but we can experience him. You know, when I pray at night and I pray in the morning, I pray to the Holy Spirit. He's there. There's a good book that I read years ago when I first got saved. It's by Betty Hinn. It's called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I don't know if you ever read that book. That book was, whoo, it will revolutionize your life. I encourage you to get that book. That book is awesome. But as I read the book, it, I came to the fact to realize that the Holy Spirit is a person. You know, we say it, 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 I feel it. No, no, it's not no it. He's a person. What if I called you it? It, can you come sing up here, it? We'll get offended. But the Holy Spirit has, he gets offended too. And you can offend him just that quick. Your sin offends him. Your attitude, when, he, when he's trying to bless you, when people are praying, the Lord's trying to bless you, and you resist it to him, he's like, all right, you don't want me. I'll just stand right over here. Call me when you're ready. He's a gentleman. He's a gentle spirit. But if you allow him to embrace you, if you allow him to wrap you in his arms, oh, my God, it's nothing like experiencing the power of God. It's the power of God that keeps the church alive. You want to see souls come to this church? You move out in the power of God. It's not just for the pastor to be praying and laying hands and, and, and speaking life into the folk. Guess what? That's all of our job. The Bible says, and you shall lay hands on the sick. He didn't say, and the pastors and the prophets and the apostles. He said, all of us. I was doing all this stuff. Look, I was praying. I could tell you. I was prophesied over me, but we had titles and anything. We were just brothers. We were like, what, 17 and 15, 16 years old? We, we got said we were crazy. We were radical. Always crazy, always radical. And then about the time we got about 17, 18, and we pulled out Werner and said, come on. Come on, sis. Come on. Come on in. See, we got, we got, we got fired up first, and then, then we had to pull first lady and said, come on in here. And we had like a little group, a little group, and our, our little youth group back at Bethel. But I look to this day and I say, you know what, well, all those times we prayed after choir rehearsal, all those times we wound up at my house, amen, praying, remember on the midnight prayer meeting, mom, at the house and everything, it was all because 
of the Holy Spirit. All night. We used to have all night prayers at my house. I didn't wait for the church service. All night prayer at the church before tomorrow. We had all night prayer every Friday. We were crazy. We were radical. And we, let me tell you something. We, you know, because sometimes I think, oh, y'all just too deep. You're so spiritual. No, we had lives. Amen. We wasn't looking like they were like the Amish folk or something like that. We, you know, we dressed. Cool folk. We like to party. We like to do all that, all that good stuff. But we love the Lord. We love the Lord. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is addictive. He's like a drug. Once you have one hit, man, you want another. Oh my God. I mean, what's the, I mean, come on. Have you ever experienced the power of the Holy Spirit? If you haven't, the promise you need to ask Him. Lord, I want to experience your power. Make yourself real to me. But how do I do that? You get desperate. See, desperate people do desperate things. You know, sometimes we just, Lord, just feel me. That's not enough. That's not enough. You can't say, Lord, just give me a job. Expect the job to drop. You got to get a resume. You got to get trained. You got to make sure you got the degree, all that. Lord, I want more of you. Okay, if you want more of him, get up 3 o'clock in the morning and start praying. Want more of him, turn your plate down. Turn off the television. Sell Facebook for a month if you really want him. You have to do something. See, they had to shut themselves in the upper room to receive what God they had to position themselves. They had to get in the place, in the upper room, to receive what God had for them. And see, the problem, we're not willing to make the sacrifice. And so we don't have no power. We, Lord, I rebuke the devil. And the devil look at you like, where you rebuking me from? Where, where am I going? You, got, you, got, you don't got no anointing to move him. What happened with the sons of Sceva? Is that Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? You don't got no power to drive me nowhere. I want to say in the name of Jesus, I bind you. That's double stop trembling and fleeing. But you're going to do that in the Holy Spirit, in the anointing of God, in the tangible presence. That's the anointing, the tangible presence of God. They experienced God in a way like they never experienced him before. And I just want to encourage us today that we will walk, we will walk boldly in God. We'll walk boldly in his Holy Spirit. We'll walk boldly and, and be that witness. But Pastor, I'm scared. I don't really do that. It's not into my character. It's not in mine either. Now I'm a pastor. But he gives you the ability. And he doesn't ask you to do crazy stuff. It's the people you see every day at work. It's the people in your family. It's your neighbor, it's your friend, your old schoolmate. Those are the folk he wants you to reach. You know? Well, I just live before them. They'll, they'll see after a while. Yeah, they'll see after a while, but you are responsible to speak the truth. You are responsible to speak the truth. And if you really want to see them saved, you will speak the truth to them in love. In love. And you'll see lives transformed. That's what Peter did. Look, Peter was chicken. He was the one, Lord, I will go with you to the end. Lord, ain't nothing going to happen. I got your back. You ain't dying. I got you, God. I got you. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. I got you. Came to Gethsemane to pick him up. He cut the man's ear. Jesus like, okay, put your sword down, Peter. Put your sword down. He healed the guy's ear. They took Jesus in and, and, and began to imprison him. He said, oh, Jesus who? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Weren't you the guy that cut the other soldier's ear off? No, I don't know. What are you talking about? Blankety blank, blank. He cussed. 
He said, if I was with Jesus, I wouldn't be talking like that. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Peter denied him three times. See, he had his back. He was scared. And in one account, in the gospel said Jesus and him locked eyes. And he felt shame. He went in a corner and just wept and cried because he was ashamed of what he had did. But the great thing, even when we are ashamed of God, God still loves us. Jesus restored Peter. And in Acts chapter 2, in the upper room, and while people were going and coming from the temple, and they heard these people speaking in tongues and speaking strange languages and speaking their own native tongue, people who weren't even from their native land, they say, are these people drunk or something wrong with them? And Peter had the opportunity to say something like, oh, no, we just speaking in tongues. We just praising God. But the Bible said, Peter rose up. He was bold this time. He, 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 he wasn't ashamed this time. And because he took a stand for Christ, because he stood for Christ, the Bible says, and 3,000 people's lives were changed that day. 3,000. We do not know the impact that we will have. We don't know if the people we're going to reach in the Lord could be the next Billy Graham, the next Bishop Jakes. You don't know. When my friend Michelle in, in high school told me about the Lord, man, I was out there doing some crazy stuff. Surely did she not know that she would be speaking to a pastor. And I'll be speaking for you this morning. Surely. We, did, we didn't know that. But God, but God in his infinite wisdom and power anointed her, gave her the power to witness to me because I wasn't, I wasn't an easy person to talk to. So I'll just tell you up and down like what? See, I, if it was a woman, I wouldn't touch a woman. Like, you go be that. <laughs> go get the other girl. That's how nasty I was. Thank God for the grace of God. He washes you, restores you, covers you up. But I thank God. I would not be here today if someone didn't witness to me, someone didn't share with me. We cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. He gives us the boldness that we need and gives us the strength that we need. My desire for us this week that we will be praying. If, if, if Pentecost represented the feast of ingathering, the feast of reaping, the, fe the feast of harvest, I believe that God wants to do something new in us. So you can't do something new in the church unless it starts with you individually. And maybe you've been feeling disconnected from God lately. You may feel like you've been coasting. You feel like, well, I'm just going through the motions, but the devotion, the, the, the heart stuff, I don't know if I necessarily feel that passion right now. And that's okay. We all go through dry spots. But when we get in moments like those, God wants us to cry out to him. He wants us to, 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 to be serious, to posture ourselves in such a way that we can hear from him today. So in closing, I say this to you this morning. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't resist him when, he, when he's knocking on your door. Don't resist the Spirit. You know, in Acts 7, chapter 51, it said this. Luke wrote this. He said, you're stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Let's not be like 
the Jewish forefathers who resisted the Holy Spirit. When the prophets spoke, they, they egged them. They, they turned an a ignorant ear to them. They ignored them. Let's, let's ask God to fill us afresh today on this Pentecost Sunday. Let's ask God to renew our strength. It says in Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine or on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit of God. Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be under his influence today. It is God's promise to us. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. You might say, well, Pastor, I, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen, Pastor. I speak in tongues. I do all that stuff. Pastor, I have dreams and visions and I prophesy. And that's all good. But there comes a point where you need to refill it. Because all our wells can run dry. And we can run on automatic. Amen. There's a time where we need an impartation. We need more from the Lord. They didn't just have an encounter with God that one time, and that was it. They had multiple encounters with the Holy Spirit. You read in Acts chapter 4, the Bible says the Holy Spirit shook the room, that the ground shook. Imagine being in that, you felt, you felt, the, you felt the floor shift. That was some crazy stuff. Well, Pastor, that stuff don't happen today. Yes, it does. Believe me, yes, it does. Angels appear. Pastor, do angels still appear to people? Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. How much do we want God? How bad do we want him? Because he wants you badly. He does. That's why he died for you. But how bad do you want him this morning? See, some of us, we're stressing about stuff, about jobs, about finances, about this, about that. He said, if you only just come to me, you won't be stressing about all that stuff. You're busy trying to make your own plan work. And he just, you know, his bread does. He just sit back. He said, okay, when you get tired enough, and when you find out that that's not going to work out because you're going to take from that and that's going to mess up and you're going to try to fix that, but then that's going to mess up. It's just going to be a domino effect. I'll just wait here for you. Let me know when you're done. Then right they get messed up. Lord, please. I can't do it. Lord, I'm so sorry. Then he stops and says, okay, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting. Let's go to God first. Let's trust him first this week. Your talent, your ability, that's beautiful. God's giving those gifts. But it does not compare with the Holy Spirit. It does not compare with his anointing. It does not compare with anything else in this life. It's a promise for us today. God wants us to receive his promise today. If you're saying, Pastor, I'm here, and I want a fresh touch from God, this morning. I need, I want to see more of the Holy Spirit in my life. And just stand and we're going to pray corporately this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, I pray, oh God, for my brother and my sister this morning, Lord. Lord, I pray, oh God, right now, against a spirit of lethargy, Father, against a, a spirit of just going through the motion, Lord, oh God, come against that spirit this morning. I pray that we'll be serious. We will really, oh God, dig deep in our hearts, oh God, to connect with you this morning. 
No matter what the disappointments might have been, the confusion, the hurt, the pain, oh God, this morning. But we realize that we cannot live this life without you, Holy Spirit. And we need more of you in our lives this morning. As we celebrate this Pentecost Sunday, when your spirit fell on 120 in the upper room, and they begin to minister to 3,000 plus people that day, God. You multiplied the church, oh God, because they were bold enough to be witnesses. We're believing you that you will bless our lives, that you will multiply your church again, oh God, that lives will be changed and transformed by your presence, oh God. I know there are times of pruning. There are times when you separate us. There are times when you cut off relationships. There's times when you allow us to go through dry spots. But it's all because we can seek you. Not just in the midst of the peaks and the valleys on, on, on the mountaintops, but yet doing the dry, desolate valley places as well, God. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would touch my brother and my sister. Fill them afresh with your spirit baptize them in the Holy Ghost. Lord God, I pray that you will clean our vessels this morning. You said that we cannot come before you with iniquity in our hearts. That's sin. That's sins that, that we know that we've done. The sins we don't realize that we've committed. Father, help us this morning. We pray the prayer of David. Create in us a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within us. Cast us not away from thy presence, O oh Lord. And take not thy Holy Spirit away from me. Ah, but restore to me the joy of my salvation. And renew, renew us, God, a steadfast spirit within me, God. So that I pray today that you will bless them. You will strengthen them. You will fortify them. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Cover them. Even now, in the name of Jesus, we praise you. Come on and put your hands together and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah.